بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله ونشهد ان سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد respected elders and dear brothers one of the ways through which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expresses his mercy upon us is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created disparity in time allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this imbalance in time so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preferred a certain part of the day and has privileged a certain part of the day over other parts of the day the last part of the night is the best part of the day rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked ayyu du'a'i asma' o muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam which dua is readily answered by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says fi jawfi al-layl al-akhir the dua that you make in the last part of the night So we know and we understand that that part of the night enjoys preference it enjoys superiority over every other part of the day that's disparity in time imbalance in time one part of the day being better than the other part of the day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made certain days of the week better over other days of the week the day of Jumu'ah Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said about this day khayru yawmin tala'at fihi shams It is the best day on which the sun rises the best day of the week so disparity in time this is an expression of Allah's mercy upon us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preferred some nights over other nights one of the most significant nights in the year is the 15th night of Sha'ban it enjoys preference it enjoys superiority it enjoys significance over many other nights in the year disparity in time How is this an expression of Allah's mercy? Because we look forward for those moments. Had there been no disparity in time, we would have treated every moment the same. We would have not seen the need for us to increase our acts of worship. We would have not seen the need for us to engage in such acts of ibadah that will draw us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But on the day of Jumu'ah, I come earlier to the masjid. I spend more time in the masjid. There are additional acts of worship that I carry out on the day of Jumu'ah that I do not do on the day before the day of Jumu'ah or the day following the day of Jumu'ah. So this disparity in time allows me to draw closer to Allah and what greater mercy is there than drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this disparity in time, one moment being better than another, one night being more superior than another, the month of Ramadan, enjoying superiority over every other month this disparity in time is an expression of Allah's mercy upon this ummah as we head into the month of ramadan we know that essentially the month of shaaban is given to us so that we prepare for the month of ramadan it is the warm up session before the main training happens it is the training that we undergo before the main event like we find when it comes to any sporting activity or when it comes to a physical encounter when it comes to a physical challenge a race 
whether it is cycling or swimming or whatever it may be, there is preparation that takes place before that. A person prepares, a person trains. Imagine pitching up for the race, not, not, you know, carrying out any form of preparation before the race. What will happen when you start the race? You'll start the race. But within three, four, five, ten kilometers of the race, you will naturally lose energy to move forward. Naturally. You'll try, but you won't be able to move forward. So the lack of performance in that race, the lack of performance in that physical encounter is due to the lack of preparation before the, before the event, before the challenge, before the marathon. And we find in Ramadan, Ramadan is a spiritual exercise, it's a spiritual competition, it's a spiritual marathon that we are going to engage in. Very often you find that first day, MashaAllah, a person is full of energy, spiritual energy. And the spiritual energy allows him to read as much Qur'an as he wishes to read. Allows him to spend those few nights in taraweeh. Wake up early in the morning, he's got the spiritual energy. But what happens after the first week of Ramadan? What happens when he hits the 10 kilometer mark? When he hits the 10 day mark? Naturally, he'll have no control over it. Naturally, he will lose spiritual energy to continue and to keep the momentum that he had in the beginning of the month of Ramadan. Why? Because lack of performance during the event is primarily due to lack of preparation before the event. So it's so important for us that during this month of Shaban, we prepare ourselves. There are different areas that we need to focus on. One is spiritually we prepare ourselves by increasing our acts of worship of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would fast so often during the month of Shaban. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala says almost the entire month of Shaban, he spent it in fasting. And then this month of Shaban is known as Shahrul Qurra, the month of the reciters of the Quran. Because in this month of Shaban, you start enhancing your relationship with the Quran. When you enhance your relationship, or begin enhancing your relationship in the month of Shaban with Quran, you find it so easy to continue with that momentum that was set before the month of Ramadan. I'd like to share a hadith with you pertaining to preparing ourselves and the practical steps that we need to take. Not only preparing ourselves for the month of Ramadan, but in order to become good Muslims, in order to become better Muslims, in order to try and become the best Muslims. Al-hadith, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that I'd like to share with you this afternoon. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he categorizes the believers into two categories. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-mu'minu al-qawi, khayrun wa ahabbu ila Allahi ta'ala min al-mu'minu al-da'if. The first part of the hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, you have the strong believer and you have the weak believer. Now the strength referred to in this hadith refers primarily to spiritual strength. There are different strengths that we have. One is your spiritual strength, one is your economic strength, one is your physical strength. All these strengths are encouraged in this hadith. A Muslim should be strong spiritually. He should be strong economically. He should be strong physically as well. Why? The stronger you are, the more productive you are. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves productivity. But today I just want to focus on one strength. And that is the spiritual strength. 
because we are entering into the month of Ramadan and because that is the most important strength that we need to pay attention to in order for us to enjoy a wonderful experience during the month of Ramadan. So Rasulullah categorizes the believers into two categories. The strong believer and the weak believer. And what did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? Al-mu'minu al-qawi khayrun wa ahabbu ila Allahi ta'ala min al-mu'minu al-da'if. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says the strong believer, the one who is spiritually strong, economically strong, physically strong, strong in terms of character, strong in terms of knowledge, that believer is far better than the weak believer. And that believer is far more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the weak believer. Rasulullah sallam has said it. Al-Mu'minu al-Qawi. The strong believer is way, way better and more beloved than the weak believer in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he didn't stop there. Rasulullah did not stop at that point. Why? Because the weak believer might think that what's the point? What's the point? I'm weak. I know I'm weak. We all have weaknesses. Spiritually weak, perhaps economically weak, physically weak. I might be weak in terms of my knowledge. I might be weak in terms of my social skills. I might be weak in terms of my my character and so on and so forth. So we all have weaknesses. So sometimes when the weak believer hears this, المؤمن القوي خير وحب إلى الله تعالى من المؤمن الضعيف that the strong believer is better than me the one who is more pious is better than me the one who is more spiritually energized is better than me and I'm weak then what's the point of me even trying and that's why Rasulullah does not stop over there that's the first part of the hadith he categorizes the believers into two categories and then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said وفي كل خير but there is goodness in every believer no matter how strong you think you are, no matter how weak you really are, there is khair and there's goodness, there's potential in every single believer. And why does Rasulullah make this statement after categorizing the believers into two categories? There are two reasons why Rasulullah says this. Number one is to encourage the weak believer. Don't feel discouraged. You are weak spiritually, in terms of your relationship with Allah, in terms of fulfilling the commandments of Allah, in terms of your character, in terms of where you are supposed to be. Rasul is encouraging that weak believer that you still have khair within you. You have good within you, you have potential within you. And as long as you have potential within you, and you have that khair within you, that is opportunity for you to harness the potential, and to grow the potential. And to convert that weakness into strength. First reason. Why does Rasulullah remind us? To encourage the weak believer. That let not what I said in the first part of the hadith discourage you from trying to become the strong believer. And number two, the reason why Rasulullah says this is so that the strong believer does not, the strong believer does not develop a sense of superiority over the weak believer. I'm spiritually strong. So now Rasulullah has categorized me as strong. And as a result, I'm better than the next person who's weak. I'm more adherent. I enjoy a higher level of religiosity. Rasulullah reminds you that you're not the only one who has khair within you. The weak believer also has khair within him. 
And so long as he has khair within him, the tables could turn. You could fall into the category of the weak believer while he could ascend to the category of the strong believer. وَفِي كُلِّ خَيْرٍ Rasulullah reminds the strong believer, don't ever, ever develop a sense of superiority over the weak believer. And then Rasul he gives you an eye and addressing the weak believer in particular, he gives us a practical strategy that we can employ in order to ascend to the category of the strong believer. What, what can I do? How can I become the strong believer who is better than the weak believer? How can I become the strong believer who is more beloved in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And how can I become a stronger believer? So Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the first thing he teaches us, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Number one, identify your weakness. Identify your weakness. Once you have identified your weakness and where you are lacking, what it is that you are lacking in. What am I lacking in? Am I lacking in my salah? Am I praying? Am I offering every salah in the masjid with jama'ah? You know your weakness. I know my weakness. We all know what our weaknesses are. Identify the weakness. Is my weakness my relationship with Quran? Is my weakness the lack of time I spend in communicating and making dua with Allah, speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we all should identify the weakness. Once you identify the weakness, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa says, Ihris ala ma Now actively pursue that which will benefit you. Don't sit down and do nothing about it. If you want to, Acquire the strength which makes you beloved to Allah. If you want to be included in the category of the strong believer, Rasul says it starts with you. You actively doing something about it. Ihris. The term that Rasulullah uses, Ihris. Ihris means actively and enthusiastically. Get up. Identify the source of benefit. Once you've identified the weakness, what is the weakness? Is it an addiction that I have? As we're approaching the month of Ramadan, let me keep this hadith before me. Because that's the opportunity, the environment is so conducive for every one of us to be included in the category of the strong believer and become the beloved of Allah. So before the month of Ramadan arrives, part of preparation, we commence by saying that this is the time and this is the moment, this is the occasion, the month of Shaban, to exploit the opportunity in preparing for the month of Ramadan. One thing I have to do is I need to identify my weaknesses. It might be an addiction, it might be that my heart is filled with a grudge, or my heart is filled with bitterness, my heart is filled with ill feelings towards a relative of mine towards a friend of mine, towards a business partner, towards a musalli, towards a person in the community. Identify the weakness, and especially this weakness. Because if you study the hadith related to the month of Shaban, and specifically the 15th night of Shaban, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa spoke about this crime of harboring rancor, harboring bitterness, 
harboring grudges, harboring ill feelings. A Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa spoke of that as the greatest crime on the 15th night of Shaban. Do you know in a hadith, an authentic hadith, a Rasul sallallahu has equated this person, whom the Rasulullah sallallahu refers to as mushahin. Mushahin is the one who harbors a grudge in the heart, not willing to let go of that grudge, of that bitterness, the ill feelings, the malice. That is a mushahin. A Rasul sallallahu has equated the mushahin to the mushrik, to a polytheist, Allah Akbar. In terms of deprivation, on the 15th night of Shaban, what happens on the 15th night of Shaban? May Allah allow us to experience it. A Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى لَيَطَّلِعْ إِلَىٰ عِبَادِهِ لَيْلَةً نِسْفِ مِنْ شَعْبَانِ It is known as the night of the special glance, based on this hadith. The night of the special glance. Allah casts a special glance towards His creation. A glance of mercy, a glance of compassion, a glance of clemency, a glance of forgiveness, a glance of rahmah and mercy. The night of the special glance. And Allah is willing to forgive. Allah is willing to forgive. Two people are excluded. Rasulullah mentions them in this hadith. Number one, Rasulullah says, is the mushahin. The one whose heart has a grudge in it towards another Muslim. And who the mushrik, the polytheist. So here Rasulullah is saying that even though you may feel spiritually you are strong, your connection is strong with Allah, but if the heart contains malice within it, there's no difference between you and the mushrik, the one who is bowing down to an idol. There's no difference between the two of you in terms of deprivation of Allah's forgiveness on that night. So where does my weakness lie? Identify the weakness. And this is one specific weakness and one specific area that I need to pay special attention to. The criteria for your forgiveness in the court of Allah, whether it's the 15th night of Chaban, whether it is the month of Ramadan, whether it is Laylatul Qadr, the criteria for your forgiveness in the sight of Allah is to be willing to forgive the next person. That's the criteria. The Quran, ayah upon ayah reminds us of this. When you will forgive, when you will pardon, when you will let go, then Allah will be willing to forgive you. Allah tuhibbuna yaghfir Allahu lakum. Allah addresses Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Think about the crime. Think about the offense that that certain sahabi had committed against his daughter Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Mistah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. When he when he took part in the accusation against Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, and Abu Bakr would spend on him, he was a beneficiary of the generosity of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anha. When he took part in the accusation, immediately Abu Bakr says, that's it, I'm suspending all assistance towards Mistah. Allah revealed the verse, Oh Abu Bakr, don't you want Allah to forgive you? أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Immediately Abu Bakr says, بَلَا أُحِبُّ وَيَغْفِرَ لِي رَبِّي Of course, 
I want my Allah to forgive me. And immediately he forgave Mistah. And he began spending on him the way he would do in the past. So identify the weakness. Identify the weakness. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, once you've identified the weakness, actively pursue that which benefits you. You know what it is that works for you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not, he did not confine the area of activity. You know what works for you. Perhaps going out in the path of Allah, that works for you. You know that when you want to inspire change in your life, you need to go out in the path of Allah. That works for you. So Rasulullah says, get up and do something, actively pursue it. Go out in the path of Allah. Perhaps spending time in the majlis of a shaykh or attending the majlis of a particular shaykh, that is what works for you. What works for that person may not work for you. What works for you may not work for somebody else. Identify what works for you. What's going to inspire the change within you? Rasulullah says, once you've identified that, so it's identifying the weakness, and then how do I convert that weakness into a strength? I've got to find the source of benefit, and then latch onto that. Whatever it may be, Rasulullah has kept it, so long as it is within the parameters of Sharia, look for an area of activity that will inspire change within you. You know what works for you. It worked for you in the past, whether it is the itikaf in the month of Ramadan, whether it is attending a circle of knowledge, actively pursue it. And that will inspire change within you. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Wasta'in billah. So that's the first thing. Actively pursue that which will bring benefit to you. Number two, get Allah on your side. Don't try and do it on your own. Go down. And that's what the 15th night of Shaban is all about. It's about spending one-on-one -on -one time with Allah. You're going to find a dark spot in your house, and you are going to dedicate the night to Allah. Ista'in billah. Get Allah on your side. Ask Allah to help you. You've identified the source of benefit. Don't rely on your strength. Don't rely on your piety. Don't rely on your religiosity. Ask Allah to help you realize what it is that you seek to achieve. And lastly, Rasulullah says, Wala ta'jaz. Don't ever give up. Don't give up. You identified it. Don't give up. You might err, you might slip, you might make a mistake along the way. Pick yourself up. Move on. Don't give up. Keep on making dua to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will get you to the other side. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the understanding. Brothers, I have one announcement to make. We know one of the greatest challenges that we are facing, especially the youth, is the challenge that is posed by the LGBT community. Now in this regard, alhamdulillah, there are two programs that will be taking place. One is taking place this evening at the Avondale Musalla after the Maghrib Salah specifically for the youth kindly encourage the youth to attend this program they are aggressively pushing their agenda forward we should counter that also with a sense of aggressiveness and openness so that's the first program happening tonight at Avondale Musalla after the Maghrib Salah the second program for the ladies that will be taking place tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. at Madrasatu Islahi Muslimat here at the Madrasa Madrasa